0: do it. Uh, Let's just have the audience sing. Sing that verse. I want to hear you. Mm. And not the instruments. Well, Becky, you you know who needs to play. Yeah. Do it. Jesus Worthy Worthy is is the the Lamb lamb that was slain. slain. Son of God and man You are high and lifted up
1: And all the world will praise Your great
0: name Jesus Worthy is the Lamb That was slain for us The Son of God and man Up, and all the world will praise your great name. your great name. good, we, uh, I want you to notice something, and I've, I've told Brian out of class the same thing. You will notice he works at it. That uh, the music we sing is not like so much that we hear these days, which is so horizontal, so self, so um, narcissistic. But it's looking up. I appreciate you doing that. I know you work at it. Good stuff. Yeah. I uh, I notice the audience is a little better looking this morning. I think it's because some of the men are gone. <laughs> they're, at a, they're at a men's retreat, and what I'm seeing is refreshing. <laughs> Just kidding. Austin and I just got back from, from uh, this prayer request in here. Just got back from three days. We hardly ever leave to do anything, but it was my oldest grandson's Aiden's uh, birthday. So we thought we'd go down there and help him celebrate. And I'm glad we did. He is a funny little guy. He told his mother, he said, dad does a lot of the cooking. And, uh, she made him the other day. His mom did. Made him a cinnamon roll or something that the dad often makes. Aiden said to her, "Mom, he tries to be a diplomat. He says you're the better parent, but Dad's the better cook." <laughs> said, "Would you, you mind doing this like Dad does it? Would you cut these?" in two or in squares, so we don't get it all messy. Then he came back and told her, said, you get points for being a good parent. (laughs) She says, it has come down to points. (laughs) But they're having a hard time. I wish you'd be, but I found out just before we took off that she may or may not be, there's signs there that she's maybe about to lose her baby. And so as a sad weekend, Alex was really grieving. But the issue still in doubt. Would you pray for them? Appreciate it if you would do that. Okay, uh, let, me, uh, let me pray for us. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day that we can be together here. Worship in your name. Acknowledge your great name. We want to come to you with thanksgiving and joy and praise for all that you have done for us. Not only have you saved us and given us the hope and expectation of eternal life with our Lord Jesus Christ, but you meet our needs, you provide for us, and we, we thank you. We know there are many here and many not here who are in a world of hurt, And we pray for them that you would meet their needs. We pray any here who may not know the Lord Jesus Christ would through the movement, the action of the Spirit of God be drawn to receive him. In his name we pray, amen. Seemed like there was something else I wanted to mention, but can't think of it right now. As we continue our exposition of the Gospel of John, please go with me to John chapter eight. We're gonna look at three verses. And boy, is there a message here. Jesus is finishing up a discourse. And there's been a lot of interaction and contradiction between he and his enemies. But we see that at the end of the discourse in verse 30. As he spoke these things, Jesus. Oh, this is good. Many came to believe in him. And then we detect just a little air of dissonance. This is such an important message. Jesus, therefore, was saying to the Jews, and especially in the Gospel of John, in the Gospels when they say the Jews, it is generally referring to those Jews who were at least before hostile to Jesus. Jesus was saying to those Jews, who had believed in him, the verse previous. That was a strong minority. If, big if, you abide in my word, then you're truly disciples, followers of mine. And then you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. Wow. My grandson and I, sometimes when we're down there, which is not often even when they're up here, things are so busy I don't get enough chance to talk to him. We got a good chance over the weekend to talk. And he was noticing what I'm noticing and what I'm reading. We're in days of great sifting. A great sifting, we have seen it since COVID. We saw it during COVID, but we've seen it since COVID. Not only are people peeling off from their profession of their Christian faith. Some, the best they can do is just go to pajama church. Just half-hearted. It's not the case with everyone. I want to make that clear. But many, and of course, This youngest generation coming up. They don't want anything to do with Christ. They don't want anything to do with the church. People keep talking about everybody looking for hope. Frankly, I have not seen it. It seems to be the most presumptuous era in my lifetime where people are looking for something, but I don't detect that they're really. Somebody give me hope. I'm not seeing it. Maybe I'm living under a rock. But it just seems that people are going to hell in a handbasket and could care less. And you're seeing more and more of the kind of stuff that we saw down in Allen, Texas. Every day, craziness. People killing their children. Crazy. Killing their loved ones or just wanton Violence and mayhem against whoever. I think part of what is going on is the Lord God is sifting the churches and getting down to those who are real and those who are not. And so many. People, even in our churches, who have just been pew dwellers, who come and do the churchy things, I just say, I don't think so. Enough of that. It's sad, but I'm glad. We need a sifting. This passage has something to say about that. We need less of this American Christianity. It's not a good thing. We need more and more serious disciples. People who came to play and not just play around. People who came to be followers of Christ and not just attached to some local church. Sing the songs, do the things, but not serious. Well, in this passage, I have so much to say and I'm not ever going to have time to say it. So it's all here, just want you to know, but I'm going to wing it. Okay. Jesus looks out upon this crowd, those who had ostensibly believed in him. I, they said, I think this guy's for real, regardless of what you people say. Like at the beginning of the book, they believed in him. And it says at the beginning Jesus did not entrust himself to them. Jesus knew what was in every man's heart, and he knew there was something wrong. Of course, he knew what was wrong. Well, in this case, the good news many believed in him. You see that all the time. I said to Alex, I don't know what's going on with these people. It's not the world I live in. They talk, and I said, Last Sunday, we had eight people. This Sunday, we have 800. And next week, we'll see 700 come to Christ. And he said, and I hope they come the next week and see where they are. It's that kind of thing going on. A light, fluffy, soft gospel is being preached and it's not the biblical gospel. Jesus doesn't give these people time to draw their breath. He says, Many believed in him. Jesus said, are you listening? And in his behalf, I say to you. Now, understand my spirit here. I believe this is an imperfect church. There's never been a perfect one, never going to be. Some of the ills that affect other churches, well, they're in our church. But I do believe this is the best church and best congregation around. I've said that to others right now. Tomorrow that may change. I've seen it change, baby. (laughs) But that's what I believe. And I'm proud of you. But I know Lake is not unaffected by all of this. So Jesus looks out there and he says, Are you for real? Are you the real deal? I want you to do a little self-examination, he says. And in his behalf, I want you. Everyone sitting here who owns the name of Jesus, you're not just lake people, you're Christ people or you think you are. I want you to do a little self-examination. This would be a good exercise for all of us. Jesus says, if great big if if you continue in my word then you are truly my disciples i want to parse that first of all what does he mean by his word he means his word about himself he means his word about his works where they're from he means his word about his will he means the revelation of god in other words if you continue in that. Well, what does it mean to continue? It's a little Greek verb, meno. Be real simple about it. You've embraced it, you've claimed it, you say you believe. Now you walk in it. Nobody walks perfectly, including your truly. We're still flesh. And we've got our ugly moments. Don't we all say? <laughs> yeah, we've, we've all got that stuff. We're talking about a level of consistency here. We're talking about integrity, that's what Jesus is, to wholeheartedness. You know sitting there, every one of you, whether you're wholehearted about following Jesus. You know when you get up in the morning and you know when you go to bed at night, If it has been a day when you have tried to follow Jesus. As best you understand, as best you know. You know that. I don't know. You know that. Do you continue in his word? And as you get older, are you picking up steam and intensity? Looking forward to the return of our Lord Jesus. If you continue in my message, not only... Believing it, but receiving it, but walking it. Every man and woman, boy and girl before me, knows in his or whole, you know you're not about to be perfect, but you know whether you're serious in this thing of discipleship. Jesus says, if you're one of those who continue in my word, he's saying to this group who had believed in him, Maybe, maybe not. I'm going to tell you how you can test that. If you continue in my word, then, 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 and only then, you are truly disciples of mine, followers of mine. You're the real deal. You're not just going around gassing all the time about things spiritual, just going to Bible studies. When I came here, we had Bible studies where they didn't even use the Bible. There you go. When Aussie one time expressed her disappointment, some of them never spoke to her again. Mad. Yeah, I see some of you, the mouth open. Yeah, that was true. Literally true. Well, You are truly my disciples. What's a disciple? It's a follower. A disciple is someone, a disciple of anyone is someone who buys into their teaching and they show they buy into it by following it. Same with Jesus. By believing what he says to believe, by doing what he says to do, by going where he says to go. Like I say, your pastor sitting here, I don't get that right all the time. But I know in my heart that I'm completely sincere. I know there's integrity. I know that's what I'm trying to do, what I want to do, and ask God to help me do. And you know the same thing. You're sitting there. And most of you can answer in the affirmative. I don't know who has to say, it. I'm not so sure. Now, I grew up, I won't give you the whole backstory, but I grew up in an era. It's still here big time of what is called sometimes cheap grace or easy believism. And it was here in this body when I landed here, big time. And oh, some hated me for it. Trying to teach people that there are not two levels of Christian There are those who are believers who have received Jesus and they're safe and secure and they're going to go into his presence and be welcomed and received, even though they walked however they wanted to walk. And then there are those who actually follow the game plan. There are not Eagle Scout Christians who are called disciples. And then they're just regular line, you know, Boy Scout Christians. A lot of people believe that. Another way of putting it, well, you know, when I received Christ, I received him as my Savior. But I didn't receive him as my Lord. And he oh, Yeah. Oh, yeah. In the book of Acts, there are only three instances where the, disciple, the word disciple is not used of a believer. In other words, a believer is a disciple. A disciple is a believer. If you're an honest-to-goodness, honest-to-God disciple or believer, you are a sincere disciple or follower of Jesus. So Jesus says to those who had believed in him, well, let's check this out. I want you to check it out. I'm going to give you a self-test. If you are honestly followers of mine, if you continue, not just today, but if you continue along that path of being a, of, of adhering to my word, adhering to who I am, who I've told you to believe, hearing what I've told you to do, going where I've told you to go. If that's you, then I've got great conference verification. I condition. There's verification. You're the genuine article. Great news. You're disciples of mine. Oh, I know you stumble sometimes. I know you say things sometimes that you wished you hadn't said. I know sometimes you do things that you wish you hadn't done. You repent. I know sometimes you've stepped in it here and there. But I know your heart, and I know you are trying to follow me. Sometimes out of ignorance, you don't. Sometimes out of some other situation, you get hot headed and you don't. Sometimes you get the spiritual flu. And you're stumbling around. But I know it's there. And I see. And I know you are trying to walk after me. You're real. Those are the most comforting words. You're truly disciples of mine. And I know many of your hearts resonate with that. And are comforted. And then he goes on. He says there are two effects of that. Two effects. Yeah. Wonderful effects. You're certified, you're validated as disciples of mine. And he says, you will know the truth. And the truth will make you free. What does that mean? You will know the truth. You know, it's a wonderful thing about being a disciple of the Lord Jesus. If you're a disciple, that means there is... A consistency in obedience. You try to know who he is and trust him for what he is. Do what he says. Go where he goes. You just try to do that. That's the story of your life. And then something happens. obedience breeds certainty. You will know the truth. You say, Pastor, I'm still not sure I get that. Well, you will know in your heart. You don't have to have some logician bring in a syllogism and put it out there, this, that, that, therefore. No, you don't need that. You know. I know Aussie loves me. I know I love her. She knows I love her. We don't have to go take a test somewhere. I know that. I know that. I know my children love me. They have their days, you know, but we know that. They're just things you know that you know that you know that you know. I know that water is water. I know. I know that dirt is dirt. I know that roses are red and flowers are blue. Or sky's blue. I mean, I know. I don't need some scientist to come in and tell me. I know that. I know the squirrels are cute, unless you have them in your attic. I like them, the little creatures. I know that they're squirrels. I know that dogs are something. Cats, too, sometimes. I just know that. I don't need anybody to tell me nobody can love you like a dog. (laughs) It's so true. It's so true. You just know these things. Well, I know that God is God. And I know the true and living God, I know he's there. And I know he sent his son into the world to save this sinner from his sins. I know that I have eternal How do you know the spirit of God within me? confirms what the Word tells me, takes His Word, puts the two together, two witnesses, I know. So you can bring anybody in here and have a debate. One's an atheist, one's a Christian. The atheist will never faze me because I know what I know about so many other things. Here's the truth. Jesus said, you will know the truth. That's the work of the Spirit of God. When you're born again, you have a new heart. You experience a new birth. You are regenerated. You're a new person on the inside. Unfortunately, people like me don't get a remake on the outside. But the inside gets changed, and we know what we know. And we're sometimes we can't help it. We're just mystified that other people can't see what we see. I look at this new telescope out there flying around, not the Hubble telescope, but the James Webb telescope. And I was showing Aussie some of the stuff. She hadn't seen it. That it's mind-boggling. And some people are dumb enough to look at all that and say, well, there can't be a God. And I look at that, there has to be a God. <laughs> you know, if I didn't know it before. It just has to be. This stuff just didn't happen. You know, that this is Right. I come to darwinism and I look out and I know that you're not the result of a uh, some collision in a primordial pond I mean it's, it's 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 too dumb to even think about and I know that I don't care how many scientists with phd's written from the top of their head to the bottom of their come on jack you can't tell me that here i am anti intellectual hardly but it's just dumb i know that we know that we know if you're his, if you're his disciple then his spirit has planted within us in combination with his word certainty about the truth we're not waffling we're not going back and forth is it true is it not true Is it true? Is it not true? Eeny, meeny, mighty, no. No. We know that we know that we know. Jesus says you'll have certainty. If you're his disciple, then it means that you're a person who characteristically, typically walks in the path of obedience. And obedience to God breeds certainty deeper and deeper certainty about the truth well for example kinds of things you're so those of you who have been here a long time are used to me talking about monuments somewhere in my 33 years here if you've been here in time you may have heard this illustration i'm just i'm just like reaching into a bucket i'm grabbing one I'm conscious of this one because I'm going to speak at an alumni thing here in a couple of weeks back in Denver. And I'm going to bring this message. This is one illustration. Ossie and I were in deep dew in Denver. Uh, we had started building a home. And everything was just right when we started building it. This is how you get to know God. Nothing we did, something God did. And oops, just like now, while the home was being built, the market flipped. And where you couldn't keep from selling a home before, when we started, you couldn't sell one. When we got to the point that we had to move into our new finished house. Oh boy. I made $17,000 a year. Aussie made money teaching piano. But it still wasn't any great amount of money. Folks, we're talking about bridge loans for people who couldn't afford bridge loans. I had the best realtor in Denver. I mean, statistically, I did. Set up, a friend of ours, set up to sell the house. Oops, it wasn't selling. It wasn't selling. It wasn't selling. Days are passing. And then, to make a long story short, I got down to three days. And then we were in trouble. Three days. Not having a realtor sell the house, us to sell the house. Well, we were in kind of a panic, not showing it too much. Talking about how you get to know God. All oh, were we praying. Praying, praying, praying. One night we had a missionary guy and for some reason off oh, dad here had put an ad in the paper. Oh, it was all over the Denver Post, you can imagine. It was back in the Corset ads somewhere. You know, just like that we had a house to sell. You don't know what a corset is. Sorry about that, some of you are too young. Anyway, it was way back there in the ads, little ad about like that, our house. And some guy calls, responding to her ad. I hear you got a house to sell, is that right? I said, Yeah. Where are you located? I told him, You know, well, I'm not far away. I said, Would you mind if I came over and took a look at it? I said, No, I sure wouldn't mind, but I said, I gotta tell you. I've got a guest here and he understands and if you want to come over right now it's fine oh he said I don't want to interfere with that he said how about tomorrow which was Sunday (laughs) I said it looks like I'm trying to put you off but actually tomorrow I'll be in church oh by the way where do you go to church I said "Uh, it's a large church I said, Riverside Baptist, Riverside, what's your name? Jim Andrews. Jim, you're my Sunday school teacher. Very large class. You're my Sunday school teacher. <laughs> I said, well, he said, I'll come over tomorrow afternoon. I said, come on over. He came over and bought the house. That's God. God. I could reach into my bucket. Do you want to go all afternoon? I could reach into my bucket and pull out stories like, when you walk with God, God responds to you. He responds to your prayers and things like that happen. And some of you sitting here know exactly what I'm talking about because you've had it. You get to know God and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Then he goes on. That's not all. He says, and the truth will make you, as I just said, free. Not politically free. Spiritually free. Let me show you the dynamic of that. You shall know the truth. I know what I believe is the truth, is the truth, is the truth. It'll make me free. You know, we're so bound up and enslaved by so many cares and so many fears. We're human, all of us. I mean, I have them. Basically, Ossie and I walk, I say basically, Ossie and I walk fearlessly through this life. But that's not absolutely true. Every once in a while, things gang up on us. And we get a little shook up. But we know God, and we've seen his power, we've seen his love, we've seen his grace. Time and time again, yet being human like you, this seems a little heavier than the last time. And we're worried and we're anxious. But we pray, and we pray, and we pray, Lord, not our will, but your will be done. And gradually that begins to ease. And we have peace and we have assurance. We know God. We know his son. We know the Holy Spirit who dwells within us. We've seen his work time and time again in our lives. And we say, okay, so somebody breaks into our garage (laughs) in the middle of the night you heard this in the middle of the night I go out to get in the car no car I have one car I've got to go to work I've got to do things one car I thought maybe I'd come in late from a church meeting elders meeting or something go out there no I didn't in my lame brainness leave it outside somebody took my car Oh, man, what are we going to do now? All the stuff like an idiot I had in the car, I could be fighting for the next two years trying to rescue my identity. What are we going to face? I can see it. I'm not going to work at church today. I'm going to be calling everybody, calling them, you know, trying to make sure this card's canceled, that I was dumb enough to leave in the car. God help me, help us. So <clears throat> I come to work that morning. I'd settle down a little bit. I walk in. Russ, where are you? Over there's Russ Johnson. This was before he died twice. <laughs> there was Russ. This was just a couple months ago. There was Russ standing in the office. He did auto matters. He deals the car. And I just laughed. I said, Russ, I said, buddy, you got a car for me? (laughs) Told you what happened to mine last night. I said, well, yeah, as a matter of fact, I do. It's a real nice one. I said, what, what kind is it? He said, it's a Toyota, my car. He said, it's a Toyota. It's a 20, uh, what is it, 21? Yeah, it's a 21. He said, real nice looking. I said, what color? Aussie standing there with this stuff. What color? He says, silver. I said, I hate silver. She said, I love it. <laughs> she went outside and she looked at it and she loved it. We got it. It wasn't for free. You could have done that, Russ. <laughs> but everything worked out within that day, within hours. We had us a car. We had the money, you know. All was good. No, God. We've seen it time and time again. Your fears kind of back off. So the next time you run into it, you're free. Now I say this, it's just personal testimony, personal witness. I say it to you because of this, if you continue in my word, we do that. Not perfectly, but we do that. You're truly my disciples. Thank you, Lord, for the verification. And you will know the truth. We do. We know that we know that we know. No matter who says what. And the truth shall make you free. Free from what? Free from slavery to all of these fears. It doesn't mean we never have it, but it doesn't last long, and it doesn't throw us out of the take us out of the game. And then there are these lusts, lusts of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, all this kind of stuff. And sometimes people get lonely or people get a little empty, running on dry, and they fear being without these things. You know, we lived a good part, half of our lives with just bare minimum income. We weren't in poverty. We never missed a meal. We never missed anything. But you wouldn't believe what we lived on. But God always provided. We saw that. So we've never lived in fear except at certain moments. You know, last year, remember when we had that big storm? Okay, let's get real here. I lived in fear. Man, that storm was howling. It was blowing. It was knocking everything. We, we, it, oh, God, what end of the house did that one get? Seriously. I was scared. Aussie was scared. Trees were coming down all around us. Here's my house where I'm sitting. Right behind it is a hillside. There are great big firs up there that extend from here to the third heavens. And then all the ones on the hill. And another, we'd hear crack. You know how it starts to crack and the ice break and all that stuff. Then how shook. The next morning I go out to assess the damage. Wouldn't dare go out. The night I go out. Those of you who helped me convey testify to this. I'm not joking. Here's the house. Here's the hill. All those trees, all of them except those biggies, they're down. But do you know what happened? I'm going to show you. I think. I'm a tree. I'm as ugly as some of them. I'm a tree. And those trees didn't go that away. I don't know how they all went that away. Only one grazed a corner of my gutters. Only one just grazed a corner. They all went that away. Now, how do you explain that? I've got a three-letter word for it, God. So I will still have fear because I'm human. And it's just a natural human reflex. But it won't dominate me. I'm free. I know. I tell us every once in a while, I told you, she lives more in fear these days. She didn't used to live in fear at all. But she lives more in fear. The gunfire, all the craziness. She doesn't want to go to them all, which you can understand. So I've got a sentence like Aussie. Oh, there is a God, <laughs> and we just remind ourselves that we're in His hands. If you continue in my, if you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples. You're truly mine. There's validation. There's verification, and you will know the truth. You will know that you know that you know. You will know that. And the truth will make you free from all these things that bind other people. I don't have to keep up with my neighbor. I live in a neighborhood where people all around me, I'm not sure there's a house less than a million dollars all around me. I see more heavy metal going up and down those streets streets than you can count. BMWs, you name it, Mercedes, some of them have three or four of them. Just going up and down the street. <laughs> I laugh. I seriously laugh. We don't have to have those things. We don't have to keep up with our neighbor. We lived in southeast Portland, you know, in that great big house. I didn't tell you that story, so you've heard it. That great big house we had, everybody thought we were Millionaires. I didn't make more than $25,000 a year at best. At best. We were free. We didn't have to worry about anything because God makes us free in Christ. You will know the truth. You don't have to keep up with the Joneses. Your life, is in his hands. You don't have to worry about dying. Well, Listen. If we have a heart attack, we're going to worry about it. But you know what I mean? We know where we're going. We know who owns us. But meanwhile, we're going to live free. We don't have to walk around in panic all the time. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You can live with pride and poise in Christ. And most of you do, I think. Because of knowing him. If you do not know Jesus. You're not free. You're a slave. You're a slave to sin and all of its appetites. If you do not know the Lord. You're on your own baby. You are on your own. You got to handle it all yourself. You're not big enough. You're not smart enough. You're not powerful enough. You can't do it. You're a slave to some of your lusts. Too big for you, too much for you. But if you know Jesus Christ, you walk with him, trust in him. You're truly his disciples. And you will know the truth. You'll walk through life. I believe this. This is a boast in God, not in me. But in most ways, I consider myself a very confident person. It's because I am. I don't have to worry about all the stuff that worries everybody. Oh, do I worry? Yeah. I don't want to go to downtown Portland. That's something to worry about. But I don't get overwhelmed by that because if we continue in his word. We know that we're to his disciples. And we're his disciples. It'll make us free. It'll, where you're my disciples, you'll know the truth, get certainty. And then you have Liberty. The truth will make you free. Let's pray. our Heavenly Father, we pray the Spirit of God would take the message and press it home to the heart of every believer here and also to the heart of anyone who might be an unbeliever that he or she may come to know the Savior, that they may finally trust in him and follow through. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.